in unlocking the parables. And the parables we are looking at this morning are going to help us answer a question and they're going to help us ask a question. The question that they will help us answer is how much does God love and care about the lost? And what does he do about it? How much does God care about the lost? And what does he do about it? Then the question it it leads us to ask this morning is how much do we care about the lost? And what do we do about it? Well, we'll look together to Luke 15 to answer the first question. How much does God care about the lost? And what does he do about it? Well, first of all, we have to answer, who's the lost? Who are we talking about? People marooned on an island after an airplane crash? Somebody talking to a volleyball? Something in our lost and found in the back of the church? No, the lost is something that had to first be possessed. The definition of lost is something that was possessed and is no longer in possession. In other words, it teaches us a couple things about the lost, just that definition alone. In order to be lost, you had to have it in the first place. So I have a coin here. It's a gold coin. It's worth about $15,000. I'm sorry, $1,500. But it was worth more than that to the woman that we're going to talk about. You want to hold that a minute? And um, that coin was in my possession. And now it's lost. I don't have it anymore. It was meant to be mine, and you have it now. Now, what if it was your coin and you just asked me to talk, look at it, and use it for my sermon? It was yours, and I gave it back. It wouldn't be lost. It was never mine in the first place. Okay? So what does that mean? To be lost meant you had to belong to somebody before you got lost. Who did you belong to? God. Why did God create you? To be his child. Why did God create mankind? To have fellowship. What he started out in that garden was his design for all times that you and I would be part of his family, that you would belong to God. But there's a tragedy. We've been lost. How did that happen? How did we become lost? How did we cease to be a possession of God's? Well, in Romans 3.23, it says, All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. In Romans 8.23, it says, The wages of sin is death, separation from God. And like the sheep in the scripture we just read, Isaiah 53.6 says, We've all wandered away. We have all gone our our own way, and we have all become lost. We are all lost. But there's good news. The scripture also says in Luke 19.10, Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. You see, we're all were lost because of our sin, because of our going our own way as the sheep did. But we have illustrations here in Luke 15 of how much God loves the lost. How much he cares about the lost. How much he seeks after the lost. Let's listen to these three stories. We heard one just read for us. We have the picture up above. There's many famous pictures of the good shepherd seeking the lost sheep. How the 90 of nine have found their way back to the fold. And as he's counting, he realizes. And as Gene pointed out, he knows the name of the one that's missing. He knows that sheep intimately because that sheep belonged to him. 
but now it is lost. And what's he going to do? He's going to go out and search. And he's going to search. And as it gets dark, he's searching. And he's going down the sides of the mountain and up the sides. And finally, he hears this little bleed. Beth, Beth. And he runs to it. And he rescues that lamb. And he puts it on his shoulders. And he brings it back. And he rejoices as the choir sang, there will be more rejoicing in heaven when that lamb is found. That's how much God loves the lost. But he didn't stop there. He told another story. This is in, beginning in verse 8 in Luke 15. I'll read it for you. Or suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is more rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. And that coin that she had was worth more than this coin. Some speculate it meant the difference between her family eating or not. Some others suspect it was part of her dowry to become part of a marriage or it was part of her wedding. We talk about stories of where people lose their engagement ring and what that means to them. And by the way, she had a little bit of a job. Some of us wonder, she swept the house and wouldn't that ring be easy to see on the, the tile floor in her, in her kitchen? But we're talking about a hut. Those people in Israel that time lived in a hut and the floor was dirt. It was hammered down dirt. And of course you didn't want to stand on dirt so you put reeds or rushes over it. And by the way, there weren't any windows, there was no glass, so probably you had one little 18-inch circle that was, had some kind of opaque material to see in that. Can you imagine looking for that coin? You have to take all the rushes out, all sweep the dirt floor, try to get some light, light a lamp, and then finally she finds the coin. And there was more rejoicing in that found coin. But he doesn't stop with that story. He tells another one. And this is the story of what we know as the prodigal son. But it probably should be called the loving father. And you see uh, Rembrandt's famous painting of the return of the prodigal son. And he tells this story for, I think, a special reason. Because up until now, you could say, well, foolish sheep wander away. Or you could say, this poor coin... It was lost by circumstances, nothing of its own. So he tells us about the prodigal son because we all are like the prodigal son. Not just because we were foolish, not just because circumstances happened to us, but because we wandered away of our own will. This son rejected everything his father stood for. He took his inheritance and went to a foreign land. And like us, we have all turned our back on our God. We've all gone and done what we thought was the right thing to do, the way we thought to do it, when we felt like it. And so I think he tells us this story to show us that there are many ways to be lost. But he also shows us this story about the loving father, about the father who welcomed his son back. And this is how much God loves the lost and seeks the lost as the father waited and searched for that day that his son might come back. Well, what do these three parables teach us then about our question? Well, first of all, it teaches us that we are all lost. As I just said, whether it's carelessness or circumstances, or in all our cases, our own will, we are all lost. 
All have sinned. All fall short of the glory of God. But there's good news. Secondly, we learn that God loves the lost and seeks the lost. He goes after the cherished lamb, the valued coin, the loved son. In fact, how much does God love the lost? God sacrificed his own son. His son died on a cross to pay the price for my sin, my rebellion, my going away. He gave his son so that I could be found. That's how much he loves you and me. God loves the lost. He sacrificed his son to find the lost. He seeks the lost. And third and finally, the best news of all is we can be found. We're all lost. God loves and seeks the lost, and we can be found. Let's see how we can be found. Look in the story of the lost son, verse 17. First of all, it says, when he came to his senses. When he came to his senses. There was a time in this son's life where he finally woke up. And realize I've been going away from God and I need to get back. But there's sin that keeps me separated. He came to his senses. There was a moment the Holy Spirit spoke into his life. And he came to his senses. And this is what he did. Look at verse 18. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him. Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. You find that confession interesting? I have sinned against heaven and I've sinned against you. He came to a sense and he realized sin was his problem, rebellion was his problem, and not only had he sinned against his dad, but he had sinned against his God. And he had to come to that point where he said, God, I confess my sin. Wash it away as far as the east from the west. Make me white as snow. Forgive me. Have you come to your senses? Have you come to that moment in your life? I trust most of us have. There was a time in our life where we came to our senses, we realized what was separating us from God, and we said, God, forgive me. And God restored us, that we were found once again. We became his possession in that confession of our sin. Well, the second question that we were going to ask this morning was not just how God cared about the lost and what he did about it, but what do we care about the lost and what are we doing about it? And there's one character in this whole, all three of these parables that represents us, the found. It's the older brother. Let's reflect a little bit on the older brother's response and then we can talk about our own response. You see, this is what's his response beginning... In verse 25, Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. And when he came near the house, he heard the music and dancing. So he called to one of his servants and asked him, What's going on? Your brother has come home, was the reply, and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him, But he answered his father, Look, 
All these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me as much as a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fatted calf for him. Hmm. Interesting response. Have we ever resented how God has allowed the evil ones to prosper? Do we ever resent the fact that someone hurts us and they seem to get away with it? This boy had taken his brother's partially his inheritance. He took it early and the brother could have probably had a bigger inheritance. You ever resent when you do all the right things and you don't get the raise and that guy who's cheating and lying and gets ahead? We want to say that this son's response is so different and so different than maybe what we would think. But everybody I just mentioned is lost that I just talked about. That neighbor, that friend, that schoolmate, that coworker, they're lost. They're going their own way, whether it's foolish or circumstances or just willful. They're lost. And yet we're tempted to resent and, and disregard or maybe just even not even think about them. And that was the brother's condition. Here's what the father says. Here's what the father would say to you and I as we look out at the world where the wicked prosper. <laughs> He'd say this, My son, you are always with me, and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is now alive. He was lost. And now he is found. The story just ends there with what the father says. This brother of yours was lost and now he's found. We don't know what the brother's response was. I think the Bible leaves it open because I think it's really asking that question. What's our response? You see, the brother could have clenched his fists, stopped and turned in indignancy, and I don't care. But you know what else the brother could have done? The brother could have said, Dad, you're right. Dad, you're right. I've had everything. You've taken care of me. My brother's suffered and struggled and been lost. I'm sorry. I wish I had your heart toward my brother. Give me your heart toward my brother so that I could care about the lost as much as you care about them. The brother could respond like that. But you know, we don't know how the brother responded. But you know, this morning, we know how we can respond. How are you going to respond? How are you going to think about the next lost person that comes into your life? Next person that presents themselves as lost? Are you going to have the love of a shepherd? The value of the woman? The love of a father? Are you going to reach out to them and give them a hug or give them the forgiveness or show them Jesus Christ in some special way? Or is it going to be their problem? They hurt you. They know better. The older brother had that question laid before him here in this parable. We have it laid before us here this morning. So two questions. 
How much does God love the lost? And what does he do? He loves them so much he gave his son to seek and to save those which were lost. If you're lost here this morning, the prayer you need to make is the one that that younger brother made. Prayer of confession and returning to God. If you have been found like I've been found, the question I have to ask myself is, what is my heart for the lost? Do I have the heart of a shepherd? The value of these other people is the woman. The love of a father for a child, a son or daughter. I need to ask myself who this week needs to see God's love through me. Through that phone call, that text, that word of forgiveness, that sharing, that gift, that kindness, that note. Who in my world is lost? And who needs to know the love of Jesus? We're going to pray in a moment. And I've suggested some prayers that we can make. The prayer of the lost to be found. The prayer of the found to have the heart of God for others. I'm going to pray and then we're going to go into our prayers, our um, prayers of faith. So will you bow your heads with me? Father God, I realize that most of us have been found, and for that we are eternally grateful. But there are those here who have not yet been found, whether young or old. And we need to come to our senses and come to that point where we say we confess our sins and ask you to forgive us and give ourselves once again to you to be your child as you created us to be. Lord, I would pray that that prayer would be made here this morning.